All right, Bitcoin accumulation country, it's that time of the week again. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Check them out for all your 3D printing needs. And today we've got a really great episode. I sat down to speak with fellow Bitcoiner, plebe, and artist, Fractal Encrypt. Check this out. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I'm your host, Coin Icarus. Joining me today is fellow Bitcoiner and pleb, Fractal Encrypt. And for the people who don't know who Fractal is, um, he has a website called Shamanic Harmonics, where he does some really nice art pieces. And most recently, uh, he did this really incredible sculpture. Uh, it's called 21, uh, 21 Layers in the uh, in the Bitcoin Full Node Sculpture, uh, a cypherpunk chronometer. I, I never saw anything this wild, uh, so I absolutely just, I, I had to bug him to get him on the podcast. Fractal, awesome for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. This should be a lot of fun with Bitcoin. Cool. So how badly did I, I butcher the uh, the title of, of your art piece? What is the actual title? <laughs> so the actual title, it's it's really just called the Bitcoin Full Node Sculpture. And this one was the fourth version in a series of 10. So it's 4.0. And um, that one was named a cypherpunk chronometer. Uh, actually, one of the Bitcoin magazine guys uh, came up with that. And I was like, this is really badass i'm stealing that so at first i had actually called it the having is priced in because the sculpture was made like it's a full node uh bitcoin full node and um you could kind of set it to a specific time in bitcoin so anytime since bitcoin has existed so i set it to the uh having block so six thousand or six hundred and thirty thousand uh so i called it the having is priced in since i think we all know the meme there but <laughs> i changed it once the bitcoin magazine guys got involved and I really like where that one went. Um, also, the website is Shamanic Harmonics, uh, so <laughs> kind of blows. Oh yeah, no, it absolutely does. Okay, so look, before we get into all of that, though, I always, you know, this is the this is your first time on my podcast, and uh, customary, I, I like to go through the the rabbit hole story. So, look, the art that you do, I think, you know, before the show we were discussing, I, I believe you throw in some sacred geometry. So, I, I need to know, you know, obviously, give whatever information you're comfortable with. You know, where were you before Bitcoin? Oh, sure. Well, yeah, the rabbit hole story is definitely long and evolved. Uh, I actually used to be a, a moderator on an underground uh, mushroom growing forum. And um, so I came across Bitcoin because it was actually the same place that the Silk Road was launched uh, when Russ Ulbricht, he, he actually had a username called Altoid. So he released that on that same website. So it was a pretty well-known secret that there was people using these darknet things and doing it through Bitcoin. So uh, I was in the news uh forum so i would see things like i the one i most specifically remember is the gawker article where i think bitcoin uh went from 70 to seven dollars and uh so i would see it a lot in in that context um it just seemed like super like weird to me to get drugs in the mail so i just never like <laughs> followed up on that um part of it i even like saw a guide on how to get bitcoin at the time and it was super crazy like you had to go to some atm with a hat and a hoodie and make sure you couldn't be viewed by the camera and then send money to japan to some exchange and it was like i was like oh, i don't really need that for anything so okay so you know i forgot about it for a bunch of years and um i've been doing art for 
pretty much my whole life. I've been selling art since uh, I used to sell art on Grateful Dead tour. So like, you know, been doing it a long, long time. And um, oh my god, kind of like, yeah, I kind of came from just like a kid in the parking lot, literally like throwing a blanket on the parking lot and just putting some little art things up to actually doing like full scale vending at major festivals over the years. So it's kind of like, you know, you come from one place and go to another actually built some really cool like temple structures at uh, electric force in michigan so i'd like to do some bitcoin temple structures at some point i think that would be a lot of fun that would be super cool <laughs> i i i'm a, yeah I, i'm a huge yeah, fan I of that think like the burning man bitcoin style would flow nice together there so oh, yeah. uh, so anyways i was kind of in that scene and like somebody had actually just reached out to me from some anonymous person on the internet in brazil they said hey i want to get some of your art but uh, can i pay in bitcoin because they were in a different country and i guess it was just easier and i had already heard of bitcoin from many years ago so like i i knew what it was i was fine with accepting it you know i said all right sure you just have to tell me how to accept this stuff so he walked me <laughs> through setting up a wallet and um you know he sent me the bitcoin and i sent him his art and you know then i quickly forgot about everything and uh you know over time I just uh actually I had a friend that called me one day he said hey can you get some uh bitcoin he was doing the dark net thing he said I want to go and get some LSD on the dark net so I said oh, sure I have some bitcoin so um he bought most of it I think I had like 3.1 bitcoin at the time that the guy gave me in 2015 it was like 200 something bucks oh yeah for the at that time so uh when my friend called me it was about a year later and now it's like 600 ish dollars for these bitcoin so he wanted three of the 3.1s okay fine you take that and now this art sale that i had made that was like 600 bucks has now turned into like a huge thing with like two thousand dollars almost i'm like whoa this is like really amazing and forgot about it again so then <laughs> fast forward a whole nother year later the same friend calls me up he said you remember that 10 bucks of Bitcoin you didn't want to sell me last year. You need to check your account because Bitcoin's worth $4,000. And I was like, really? I checked it out and sure enough, it actually was. So that little point one of a Bitcoin that I had had, which was like 10 bucks, now was $400. So now my $500 art sale has turned into like 2,400 bucks. And I'm like, man, this is really wild. So I watched that little point one go from 400 to 2,000 over the... Uh, the 2017 kind of bull run that happened there and uh i at that point i things started to click so i said you know there's something going on here you know i kind of missed it a few times in the past like let's actually take an investigation to look what's going on quickly i got involved in the shitcoinery because it was like oh bitcoin is slow it's antiquated it's expensive to use it was like right in the middle of that fee spam that was happening because of bch and stuff and it was like so that was the narrative it's slow and expensive it's the dinosaur you want the new super cool coin and i i didn't know better so <laughs> i just took all my money that year from my like, christmas bonus at the day job put it into shit coins and then like quickly watch that dissolve over a few years um because you know the, it's like a hodl narrative and it's like even the shit coin people are like oh hodl and you don't know that like they're dumping on you pretty much and like you can't hodl a shit coin that's like not what they're for um if anything they're for in and out like but geez like i'm not a trader so like i just lost all that money and but the good thing is like that little point one of a bitcoin like i still have that i never sold it so it was like 
I'm actually holding Bitcoin since $200 to shit. We're almost at $60,000. So like that lesson there, you can't learn that in any other way. I don't think by actually living it, you know, like my wife was super mad in 2017 when it's like now Bitcoin's $20,000 and I sold my three for whatever. I was like, Oh geez, <laughs> like never going to get those back. So it's like a hard lesson. And you know, I went through all this stuff and it took a long time to actually like, like go through it all to actually see, like I actually got very involved with Ethereum because that's where like art stuff was happening. Yep. Uh, so early on, I was doing a lot of this, like very early NFT stuff that was like, um, now it's super popular, but at the time it was pretty cutting edge. So there wasn't a lot of information, but I get deep into stuff when I get into it. Like I don't like to look at things superficially. So over time it quickly became apparent that number one, my art was not on the Ethereum chain. There's no art on Ethereum. It's actually like hosted on something called IPFS and there's like zero permanence. Like if like someone is not hosting your art on IPFS, it disappears instantly. There's no immutable art on the blockchain forever with Ethereum. So that's number one, seemed disingenuous. Uh, And then just like the whole broken Rube Goldberg nature of Ethereum in general kind of like play itself out over time. And uh, I think I just, I remember being at uh, Bitcoin 2019 in San Francisco and sitting with uh, Crypto Graffiti as the price of Bitcoin had kind of moved from about $5,000 to 13500 or something. And I just had this horrible feeling like, not like this. No, like I don't have any Bitcoin position. Like I need to like do something to actually stack sats or, you know, have some kind of digital real estate on this network here it just seemed like super scary to just see the price run like that and not have <laughs> any so i was like you know like i pretty much went home from that conference and i just immediately quit shit coinery right there i basically like exited every little shit coin that i had immediately and i think that's when Binance was saying, hey, we're not going to service U.S. customers anymore, so unless you're going to VPN, whatever. So I was like, perfect timing. Bye. All this shit. (laughs) Gone. And it actually turned out to be a good time for most of that to liquidate. Um, Tax-wise, it looked like I was an absolute idiot, and I lost all my money again. So, you know, it's like, you know, really good lessons to learn there. But that was the same moment where I said, I'm going to work on this Bitcoin full node project. Um, it was at that conference where I heard someone kind of describe Bitcoin as a clock and or a clock and calendar. And that just immediately resonated. And I think just set sparks off in my head. And uh, from there, it was, I would say that was July. It was just about Christmas when I was maybe finishing up the design and I sent it over to Crypto Graffiti. I said, hey, like, here's what I got. What do you think? And he was like, holy shit, dude, this is fucking crazy (laughs) so i was like okay cool and that wasn't even a wood like sculpture or anything that's just like the black and white design like hey this is like what it's gonna look like uh which is very conceptual at that stage so um he said go for it he gave me a lot of confidence he gave me some good tips and stuff and ran with it and then i was able to go from that design about christmas to cutting all the pieces and having them pretty much ready by uh Bitcoin Genesis Day, so January 3rd of last year, 2020. So I 
didn't have it like all like assembled fully and whatnot but i had every piece cut and i had it all kind of laid out as it would be so i took a little video of that and uh, posted it on my twitter and that's when shit just blew up because like I, I don't I, like at that time i had like a thousand followers even now i don't have much more than you know <laughs> that like i'm a very small account so that like got forty five thousand views and a thousand likes and i was like oh my god i've never had something like this before so it was really cool because like all that time from july to december i was kind of like hiding out in my art lab working hard like every spare minute that i had i was working on art and not doing other things so i saw all these other people that i knew from that ethereum art scene selling stuff every day every weekend and i'm like feeling like i'm missing out like hey like is this the right thing to do um and it was just one of those kind of low time preference things that Saifedean talks about where it's just like, hey, focus on craft here. You you want to make something that's going to last generations, not something that's going to be posted to a website and right click, save, copy as tomorrow. I I, I mean, I, I just, okay. I, w- I want <laughs> to back that up. That was a lot. Yeah, that, that that's a like. Lot. That's a whole lot. Then there's like a whole bunch of questions I have. Okay, so so hold on. We're Rock gonna and roll. yeah, man. We're gonna back up. So okay, so um, going back to the art that you were doing at at the Grateful uh, the Grateful Dead concerts, I, yeah. I have I have to ask you, um, who would you say uh, inspires? Uh, I, I guess like who would you say inspired you the most uh, in, okay. in in art? This is a great question. So um, I would say first. Uh, there's a guy named Kerry Thompson, who, if you don't know about him, he does these amazing, like, sculptures and temple builds, and, like, it's kind of that Burning Man vibe. Like, Kerry Thompson is some super high-level stuff. Um, that is definitely one of my inspirations there. I have a lot of his pictures in my reference images uh, folders. Uh, Alex Gray, of course, like, I saw him. I actually went to Basel, Switzerland. They had an oh, LSD conference there sick. in 2008. Yeah, it was for, like, the 102nd year 102nd birthday of albert hoffman so i was like shit he ain't gonna be around much longer i better go oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah so i flew over there for that and i came back and you know i think like all those experiences together kind of tie into like an art aesthetic that you uh then end up with uh mark henson also is like a huge inspiration he's a painter um also alex gray's mostly painting so i don't do much painting however i do work in all kinds of medium um you know i it's not just like one type of art that i do i do anything that i can in fact anything that i can try i am usually will some you're good at some you don't so you kind of follow the path where it looks most pleasing okay so because you're okay you just talked about uh, albert hoffman and and for the people who don't know who that is right that oh, yeah. is the father of uh, the father of modern lsd uh, yes. He actually discovered it by mistake during, I think, the Second World War. Yeah. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think he was riding his bike home by troops and he was tripping the fuck out. Um, I, I don't remember the exact story, but it was something along those lines where he didn't realize he was tripping. So. Yes, yeah, so if you've ever heard the bicycle day story, that's that's <laughs> Albert Hoffman. Um, you know, he basically was in his lab, invented something and... I guess for some reason some got on him or he actually said, I'm going to try this super small amount, which should never affect anybody. It's like the tiniest microscopic piece of of anything. Uh, I guess it turned out to be actually like 10 doses of what LSD (laughs) would be nowadays. So uh, even though it seemed infinitesimal to him, I guess he couldn't stay at the office. So he figured it, you know, I'm going to bike home. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. 
So then, so then, look. So then, if I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna assume things now. All right, because because you're because you're a fan of this and you went through these experiences. I'm assuming that that did you ever take a look at Timothy Leary's work, uh, The Circuits of Consciousness? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I definitely you- got deep down that rabbit <laughs> hole as well. And you know, just like you said, the Bitcoin art. Like, if you went to the uh, website that I have, I, I don't have as much Bitcoin art. I have a lot of my older uh, stuff, and one of those is like a mandala related to uh, LSD, and it's actually like the rings of the mandala are related to the uh, atomic structure of the molecule. So there's four rings, there's four atoms in LSD, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, and carbon. So then each of the rings is divided into the number of atoms in the molecule. And then each ring tells its own little story there. So like, that's, I think one of my things is to try to encode information within a design. So you have something that's aesthetically pleasing. If you don't know anything about the subject, it should still look pretty um, and have some kind of impact. Uh, But then kind of the more you look into it, you know, there should be something of a rabbit hole for people to go down and the deeper you can make it, I think the better. So I think a lot of my art follows that, that concept of trying to um, encode information uh, graphically. It's beautiful. I, um, I, I'm also thinking this, what, um, I, I guess, what commonalities do you find between uh, Bitcoin and the, uh, the the sacred geometry? Oh, geez. Well, and do I mean, and do Bitcoin, you find any commonality in it? You know. Well, absolutely. Like Bitcoin has a lot of the same numeric factors that sacred geometry has. Like the number eight in Bitcoin is extremely significant. Uh, two hundred and fifty-six, also like two hundred fifty-six byte uh, character strings and things like that. Like that's like a multiple multiple of number eight um so you have eight sixteens thirty twos all these things like spiral out the way the geometric progression of bitcoin uh moves as far as the having cycles and the issuance schedule like all these things are like mathematically elegant and i think that really tickles my mind in a way that's like hey you know the more you look at this the more the system seems like magnificently designed like it seems like a masterpiece and you come to that realization by studying it deeply i think are are you at all into uh, meditation no no okay because and the reason (laughs) the reason i ask okay is because you're talking about the significance of the numbers and what's what's interesting about the four the four year having cycle um there is a a technique in breathing um a breathing technique called the fourfold breath and okay. that and that produces what is called the the complete breath, and it's very interesting because right we have this four year having cycle which is essentially like, it's almost like Bitcoin going through its own seasons right, yeah, like a respiration those yeah. four years are like like different parts of an exhale and inhale cycle exactly you know. So that that might be interesting in terms. I don't know. You, you got me thinking all this. You got me thinking all this cool stuff because you're inspiring. So, um, oh, right on, right on. I love it. I, I totally love it. Um, okay, so the, uh, yeah, I don't yeah. meditate. I'm like always at work. Like you <laughs> find me 100 percent of the time working. Like there's no downtime. I'm proof of work 100. percent That 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 could be a form of meditation though, because you're in the zone. It is. Like trust. It is. What, what? Yeah, when you hit a flow state on, yes. you know, the art and kind of everything disappears, like you don't know what time it is. My wife will come up here. She's like, you have not eaten for like the whole day. You know, you need to stop and come down. It's like, I'll be down in a little bit. 
I just gotta finish this one last thing. Yeah, you and know? one last thing means like you're gonna be pushing pixels for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right, I want to go back to this uh, th- this this art piece, right? Okay, so um, how long did it take you to to to, to complete this piece? So I, I kind of touched on that a little before. Like I really started pretty much in earnest in July of 2019 and I didn't yeah. actually have a physical piece in my hand until January of 2020. So that's like a good six month stretch right there, seven months of basically design work uh, just to get to that first piece. And one of the really neat things that Crypto Graffiti told me was he's like, hey, you should do a series of 10 of these. And it wasn't something I had ever done. I I really wasn't familiar with the concept. Like I just make one of something and then that's that and go to another project usually. But by doing a series of 10, it creates like a hard cap, just like Bitcoin. So like, hey, like you're creating a scarcity like within like this ecosystem and you say, hey, like it just felt very Bitcoin to me and it's been iterating. So like each time that I do one, because they're laser cut, each one is like every single piece is cut and like I can move anything immediately right before I cut it. So like each one has been different than the previous ones. Each node is set to a different block height. Like the first one was set to 600,000 to commemorate the mining of the 18 millionth Bitcoin. Uh, Then number two and three were set to dates that were specifically relevant to the purchasers. So like, you know, that kind of connects them on a very deep level to the art piece, which it's it's just so meaningful to me. I really love that. Oh yeah. Uh, Not something I've been able to do before, you know, just really neat. Uh, And then once I had made those three, I like hit a wall. I just, I don't like to make the same exact thing over and over. So even though it's a series of 10, I said, you know, I need to reimagine this. And, you know, I think like anything in life, you always feel like, hey, I could do better. So I just picked a bunch of things that I thought needed work. And I spent another, I guess, three or four months kind of just head down, not doing anything other than just correcting all the designs, redoing things. And I did even end up with a, a design that I really loved, but when I brought it out to the laser, it was just way too complex and it would just completely burn the wood. It would like, so then after I spent all this time working on that design, I had to throw it out completely and like go back to the drawing board. And I ended up with something that I was happier with in the end anyway. So I think everything is kind of work out the way that it's supposed to. So um, I'm really excited about where the design is right now. Um, So, so hold on a second, though. Are all uh, and this is, I guess, why I didn't understand. So are all ten pieces already created, or you're up to three and you still have another seven to go? No. So okay. I'm sorry. No, I totally misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. No. That it, it's a confusing concept. Like <laughs> I just figuring this stuff out myself, really. But no. So I've made four so far. So we just had the auction on Lightning, which I was like so happy to have like a Bitcoin only auction that also like utilized Lightning. And I was super slick the way the Lightning worked. It was like, I mean, instant bidding. So that. So to answer the question, one through four have been made, sold, shipped. Um, I'm working on number five right now. Like uh, number five, six and eight have all been purchased number seven and number 10 i kind of took off the market because number seven i want to bring to the bitcoin conference bitcoin it's going to happen uh relatively soon and then number 10 i have plans for that so uh, nice. yeah and yeah and honestly the buyer for number five i'm like it's kind of hush hush right now but i'm super excited to um release that we kind of meme stuff into reality which as bitcoiners we so often do Beautiful. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pry a bit. Um, 
and, and maybe it's a little too premature, but are you already thinking of what pieces you're going to make after these? Because even though I understand these are scarce, you realize more people are going to want these pieces. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, it's like I only saw that piece and it was too late, you know? Sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess that's, is the nature of things. Um, but the way my mind works is like, I kind of want to move on from one design to the next anyways. So like, um, once this series is done, I definitely have a whole bunch of other projects. In fact, I have like a little notebook like that I draw my, uh, sketches in with just pencil and paper. Uh, and it's full of like next iteration designs. And I, I've, I could got like five different directions I could go. So it just depends like where, where my actual, uh, you know, passion kind of flows at that point. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a lot of neat, like Bitcoiny stuff uh, up my sleeve. Awesome. Okay, so how much? <laughs> how much? Uh, it, if you don't mind me asking, because uh, I, I, I'm not really recalling, but uh, sure. essentially, how much have each of the uh, the four pieces uh, sold for? Or are you not allowed to disclose that? Uh, well, what I'll do is I'll disclose the publicly visible one. Yeah. Um, because that makes most sense. Um, and, and honestly, like the the first three that I sold, um, definitely it was like more money than I had ever made for selling art before. So I was like super happy. And then this, uh, but sometimes like, you know, by pricing it yourself, you don't really know where you should go. Um, so I think the number that I got for one through three was like perfect. And then, um, the number four was we did it on an auction. And the thing that's better about that is that way you have the market kind of pricing it for you. Um, yeah. It's very hard as an artist to, you know, you're emotionally attached to stuff and like you spend all this time on it, but it's like, you don't know what it's worth to somebody else. So um, I think it's, I think it's very fluid to have the market tell you what, what it's valued at. Um, so that what that um, piece sold for was 1.72 Bitcoin. And um, like at the time, it was sixty nine thousand dollars for the uh, sale. It was like sixty nine five or sixty nine seven or something. So just about seventy thousand. So it's like insane. And wow. Like, yeah. And uh, they don't actually pay me until you know the sculpture lands at the guy's house and it's like all safe and sound and stuff. So like uh, I shipped it out and it's like on its way over there, but I guess cause like Texas is under snow and stuff. It's like paused. So, but whatever, like in any event, by the time they give me this shit, like it's already worth like 95,000. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like, geez. It's, it's amazing. Boris Hoddle. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah that, absolutely amazing. Man. Congratulations. And, and I just want to point out uh, to the, you know, to the listeners who are wondering, um, you know, where this auction was held, if I'm not mistaken, it was uh, scarce.city, right? Yes. Yes. That's the website. So it's like Very instead cool. of a .com, they're a .city. So just scarce.city. And yeah, they have, they actually just did another auction uh, the other day. Uh, it was really good. They had a Brecky piece and it sold uh, to Twitter user Brad, uh, Brad Millscan. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty amazing to see like the income that has been generated through this cool little project at Scarcity. Right now, it's like, it's actually a bunch of artists and coders just working at a grassroots level to kind of bring this thing about under a Bitcoin, you know, first principles perspective. And I think like one of the benefits of having everybody working together is that you can kind of build it up in a way where it's kind of organic so it's not 
like the tech's not at the place right now where they can just set it up so any artist can plug in and set up an auction. I think that's the goal soon down the road. But right now it's kind of been a little bit of like the group of us just trying to do it. And the first one was Chief Monkey. He sold a piece that went for a whole Bitcoin. Uh, Brecky's piece went for like 10 million sats. So like artists were finally able to like average into Bitcoin in a really neat way. And it's like totally community supported, community grown, you know, it's like, Bitcoiners building the tech to do it and then Bitcoiners supporting the artists. I, you know, it's it's very rewarding. It's beautiful. It's a positive feedback loop and it, it's it's fantastic. Um, actually, one I, thing I've noticed, though, yeah. is, you know, the way the price of Bitcoin is going, like the artists have been stacking at, a, you know, less and less as you go up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's not, hey, look, it's definitely not easy, man. When you go and buy two hundred dollars worth and all you're getting is like, what is it like 300 300,000 sats or something? Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's freaking You know, it's it, it really shows you the value that you were getting for so long, you know, it's spoiled. Uh, you know, like that 10,000 sats per dollar when it was like at 9 or 10,000 dollars for so long and you know, people were like, "Hey, this is a super deal." And, you know, now you really see it like jeez. Oh yeah. Um okay, I got to ask you this. What do you think um, why do you think Bitcoin inspires inspires art? Like, why do you think it inspires people to to do this? Because I, I can tell you, I I I've, I don't think that I've I've ever seen the quality or the depth of material come out of somebody who was inspired by the dollar. You know, I, I, I'd say that the last time, uh, and I know I'm not the only one to argue this. The, these points were argued by you know much more intelligent people than me earlier than me, um, but. You know, the last time people were inspired like this was the Renaissance and their currency was backed by gold. So I guess, you know, why do you think, you know, why do you think Bitcoin in inspires people this way? Wow, you just really blew that up, like by <laughs> rolling through the centuries there on the question. That's like actually really insightful because I'm going on Saifedean's uh, podcast tomorrow to talk to him about like art under a sound money standard because um like oh, cool. uh, did you read the bitcoin standard i did i did read okay it. so like i don't know if you're an artist but like i think any living musician artist creator that read the chapter on artistic flourishing was straight up insulted and like you know it's <laughs> like damn man like you really think there's no current good art it's like like it's like very kind of assaulting to the senses. Um, and he pretty much says that, you know, under a sound money standard, you had the Renaissance with Michelangelo, who's like spending four years, like suspended from the thing to paint upside down a Sistine Chapel. And nowadays you have like fake art just selling for billions of dollars and unsound money. That's almost just money laundering stuff going on. So it's like, yeah, I, I definitely think there's, there's value there. But what I also want to say is that like, when I read the Bitcoin standard at first, I was not a full on Bitcoiner at all. Like I was totally just getting into things. I think I saw he came to Miami to present uh, the book in January of 2018, I think. So I was just kind of getting into like my education, I think, at that point. So when I read it, I didn't have a first principles perspective to come at that information with. So I was just straight up insulted. But when I went back and like read it now, no, like hardcore, I was like, this guy's an idiot. Like he's so right on everything else, but how can he like 
say this about art but actually i was the idiot and <laughs> like <laughs> you know when i go back he actually gives you a recipe for creating good art like if you read that that chapter with the right mindset like he tells you like this is you know this is the way to do it. You focus on your craft. You try to make something that's going to last generations. You know, you do things that will stand the test of time and you, you don't make trash art and you don't just pretentiously splatter things on a piece of cardboard and sell it for $2 million and then tell people if they don't know that's art, then they're stupid. So like he genius, you know? Yeah. And, and it's so funny to come to that perspective from like going from you're an idiot to you're a genius, you know? It's, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, right? But at the same time, you know, you can see it when you go to a store, you know, like uh, like HomeSense or something like that. You know, it's all, it's just mass produced because let's be honest, at the end of the day, you know, like the money doesn't support the artist. So really all sure. you can, all you can have is, all you can have is garbage and it's not just art, right? Like it, it, it's also, it, it's everything that we, that we use, right? All the materials, everything that, that we actually, uh, you know, our furniture and stuff like that, everything has gotten cheaper because, yes. because the money is cheaper. Sure. Yeah. I mean, well, they even have planned obsolescence now where they make sure that things will break on you after a certain time so that you need to restock on it. And you ever That's saw right. the light bulb conspiracy movie. It's like, you know, these things, they actually plan it out. They don't, can't be having these people use our stuff too long. <laughs> well, paying. It's true. I, I mean, it's absolutely true. I mean, like, the, you know, sometimes when you see these, like, uh, um, you know, these, uh, what, what is it, uh, you know, type of devices that are specified for, like, 10,000 uses. Mm -hmm. Don't get me yeah. wrong. You You'll... get to the 10,001 and it's like... <laughs> <laughs> That's it. It's like literally 10,001 and it just falls apart. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, so I want to back up one oh, yeah. more thing about the safe book and the art yes. thing. So like, I think my problem was at first I was reading it as he was speaking to me when he said, there's no good artist today. Everything is crap and it's scribble. Like when I read that, it was just like, why is he telling me that? Like, I don't scribble, but when, <laughs> like you said, there's so much mass produced art. And as, as soon as I look outside my, my own little circle that I've created here of like really high quality art, like, yeah, there's like a bunch of crap out there. And, and yeah, I think like by insulating myself in a very like, like echo chamber of good art, you kind of lose that vibe that, Hey, you know, there's a lot of crap out there because Right now, we're in a time where you may not need to spend four years hanging upside down in a chapel because, you know, through YouTube and like master classes that people are teaching, you know, you could spend seven months in your bedroom working on some Bitcoin art and then, you know, turn it around into some magic. Oh, I, I man, you know, this is this is kind of the point, right? Even though you don't have to spend the time, the point is, though, you still have to be passionate enough to spend whatever time is needed, you know? And, and I think that that's essentially like, th this is where we've, we've lost it, right? Because people don't even want to spend that time anymore. They, they just want to churn it out and get to the next thing. And I think that this is where Bitcoin kind of enables people like you, right? To, to actually take the time to create something that is yeah. that, that that is absolutely i mean look i know it sounds kind of like you know maybe i don't know ironic or or cheesy but to make something timeless you know like that to to me the pieces that you've made like that that's that's what they represent 
you know they 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 essentially they represent this snapshot in history that you know is you know is forever marked by you know how we went back to a sound money standard or how we you know how we as a society chose to give sound money a a, a fighting chance again Absolutely. I had a, f a friend of mine uh, tell me, because uh, I actually brought the piece out to display at the North American Bitcoin Conference uh, last year, 2020, and then um, there's a Bitcoin hackathon that we do every year, so I brought it there to display, and one of my buddies was like, man, you know, you've made something that's relevant today, but also relevant all the way into the future of Bitcoin, because it's like, the thing maps 132 years of Bitcoin time, so pretty much until 2140, the calendar will still work, so it's, it's neat to have something that will stand that that time because it's still you know as long as bitcoin is still working it's just as it does today you know this thing is going to be exactly on time i i, I promise you it's absolutely spectacular <laughs> not, not that you need not that you need my approval okay you're the creator but i'm just saying it, it's like that is exactly the type of stuff okay that fiat doesn't fucking inspire right sure like that that's absolutely <laughs> so. and this is like the art by fiat thing like where it's like you know like this was art that literally i just stayed in my bedroom to make and i didn't care if anybody was gonna buy it or not in the end like it was just something that i wanted to make so that was what was important to me i mean even right now i'm working on the number five right now like i literally like stopped working in the shop to come in here to do this and as soon as we're done i'm going back into the shop to work and it's like the laser's working great. I'm getting like really nice cuts. And it's like a lot of times I'll have messed up cuts and I have like cut everything three times. Now I'm cutting everything three times, even though it's perfect, just because it's like, hey, I don't know about this color wood, how it matches with that. And it's like I cut every piece three times so I can like shift the different pieces and see like which colors work and which layers. And I think that's important to me to obsess over every little detail, because that's that's how you come up with something in the end that will resonate with other people, because you have to take the time, like you were saying before, you have to take the time to invest in yourself, in your skills enough that you can kind of pull off what you want to do and i think most of the time i'm trying to do something above my skill level so um like hey i can't quite do this but i can do the thing right before it so if i push above then that kind of helps me get to the next level and by keep doing that continuously it helps you level up and it's that self-investment that that is this low time preference bitcoin first principles thing that i think we're seeing play out I love that. I, I And I love the way that you explain that because it, it makes me think of, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that picture of a, of a person who turns failure into a giant wall, whereas the person who turns failure into steps leading above the wall. Like, oh, no, but that's nice. That, that's exactly Beautiful. what that is, right? Like, you, you know, yeah. you're, you're like, you know that you're reaching for something that's more difficult than what you can do, but you know that you can get to the spot right below it so that if you yeah. can get right there, it's enough that you can push above. Sure. That's beautiful, man. That's like, that's, yeah. See, like that, that's just, it, it's, it's absolutely beautiful symbolism. I, I love it. Yeah. And I, I love that. And it's definitely one of the ways that I think, you know, like every challenge is an opportunity because, you know, just so much stuff goes wrong in life. It's just like, but if you didn't have all those things go wrong, you kind of wouldn't be standing where you are right now. So I'm, I'm just always thankful for all the good and all the bad. Exactly. That, that's absolutely right. You know, the, the thing that we have, right, the one ability that we have, because we, we can't, you know, we can't control everything that happens to us. But we absolutely, if we choose, have the ability to control um, how we react to those yes. situations and how we control ourselves. 
in yeah. those situations. Perception is everything. That's right. You know, it's like, you know, if you look at this situation as crap, well, guess what? That's crap all the way down. It is exactly. And that's all you're going to see, right? Um, man, I, okay. So I, all right, this is going to be maybe a bit of a tough question because you're an artist, so it's okay if you if you can't answer it. But um, okay, after you're done these ten pieces and you start on another, like I guess what I'm asking is, approximately what timeline do you think until we see the the next pieces? I'm not talking about uh, this set of ten, but right, you're, right, yeah. No, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> No, literally, like, you, I say you can't rush art and stuff, like, it's, I just kind of go with the flow, Some, sometimes they come quick, and sometimes it doesn't, and um, honestly, my problem is, is that I have so much, like, plans and other things to do, like, for example, I have this whole light mapping project where, you know, I have the physical sculpture, it's just, it doesn't move, it doesn't really do anything, and when I tell people it's a working Bitcoin node, they're like, well, what the fuck do you mean by that, so, like, like I actually worked out this whole animation where it kind of highlights on the uh, it highlights on the sculpture the, like where you are in time and certain different things like which having cycle we're in and you know if you look up a block it kind of like displays all the, the uh, stats related to that block actually on the node and so we actually at that Bitcoin hackathon I was telling you about earlier a friend of mine Jesse and I we actually did a project where we did actually some light mapping on uh, just a black and white picture that I had and uh, it was really fun uh, but my problem is is like every time i've made one of these sculptures i haven't had it in my possession more than like this fourth one was like the longest i had it for about probably six days um so i want to do more things like do this projection mapping on it but i like need to build some time in there so as far as the next projects like i have no idea one of the things that i want to do it which is kind of a corollary to this current project is to make like a plug-in for bitcoin core so um this sculpture would be a working graphical interface to any bitcoin wallet or block explorer so like there's no reason you couldn't just have that as your computer display when you were using bitcoin so if you wanted to send a transaction look up something like you can actually have the node as the graphical user interface rather than say bitcoin qt which is currently what i use so like i'd like to have this as kind of a skin that you can then plug into bitcoin core and you know, make it a fully functional design. So I actually had a guy reach out to me on Twitter. So uh, Randy, I'm going to be hitting you back up. We're going to be setting up like a GitHub staging where we can actually kind of bring this project to life. So even within the current project, there's just so much more places to go um, that like there's, there's a world to explore here, um, which is stuff that you haven't even seen. Like one of the projects for number 10 that I might do is, I don't know if you've ever seen edge-lit acrylic, but I like to make a, no. okay, yeah. it's pretty neat. Like if you just basically take some LED lights and kind of put them at the edge of clear acrylic, kind of looks like glass, you can engrave into that and it will light up on your engravings. So Sick. I'd like to do, yeah, I'd like to do my Bitcoin sculpture in a 3D clear, you know, acrylic that's kind of like a foot or so deep. So each little node layer is its own clear panel and then you can light them individually and you can do really amazing thing with LEDs. Like I may be able to even make the node work through, through LED uh, programming as well. So it's like, there's a lot of plans even within this current design to do some shit people haven't seen. Uh, like I've done like fully mirrored um sculptures before so just like wood uh so i 
may want to do a mirrored version of this. I don't know. A lot of, a lot of things to explore. That's one of the fun things about the laser cutters, you know. I love it. Yeah, each time's a new adventure. Fractal, I th this is bittersweet, but I, I feel like you're going to end up ha owning some of my Bitcoin. Awesome. Yeah, I, I feel like that's what's <laughs> going to happen. The <laughs> you know, because nice. it, exactly, you know, but it's it's totally worth it, right? I mean, like, that's the way I see it. I, I have purchased uh, Bitcoin art. I'm a huge sucker for swag. I mean, we follow each other. So you see how I am. I, I totally support. I, I love the art. I, I love the symbolism that we put out there. I, I think it's, you know, it's equally as powerful, if not more powerful. Like, essentially, you know, art is the original meme, you know? Yeah. And and it's like I, I, I just I, I love. Well, I mean, we should talk about that more. Like that oh. that peer to peer nature of Bitcoin itself is like replicating itself into the art. And like pretty much for me, the only Bitcoin that I've ever sold that um, someone paid me for art is that one I told you about from 2015. Every other single person that's ever purchased art for me, like that UTXO, is either in cold storage or was lost in a terrible boating accident but you know like that shit's not for sale so like the people that do part with their bitcoin like that's stuff that kind of turns into life-changing support for an artist so uh like i displayed some art at the uh, national bitcoin conference uh, in 2019 so bitcoin price is like 3600 bucks i think i made like 900 or a thousand dollars that day which didn't sound too much at the time but like that stuff's basically 12x right now. So that thousand dollars that people pay me that like time, like that's now huge amounts of money that, you know, for an artist, like that's something that I hope to give to my kids and stuff, you know, to, that's beautiful for those voting accents. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not giving any of that away. It's all gone, you know, yeah. so <laughs> unfortunately, but you know, it's well, I got to keep working. I told you, that's don't right. stop working, you know, just keep working and voting. That's right. Working and boating, you know, one day you'll one get day it I'll right. Learn. That's right. One yeah. day you won't bring your wallet with you on the boat. You know, yeah. one day. You're really bad with that. Hey, look, we're all trying. We're all learning. We're, we're just, we're, we're not, we're not proficient. We're not proficient mariners, you know? No, definitely. This is the definitely. issue. Oh man. Okay. So look, um, we're going to, I, I don't have any more questions for you, but before we wrap this up, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts you want to leave with the listeners? Well, just if you've stuck with us so long, I really appreciate it. And I just want to thank everybody. It's uh, really exciting to get a chance to come on here and talk Bitcoin with you. So uh, thank you for that. Cool, man. Thank you so much. And I I look forward to all the art that, uh, you know, that's going to come from you, my friend. I'm going to put a link to uh, your website in the uh, the show notes and your Twitter contact. Fractal. Absolutely. Fractal, man, it's been a huge pleasure. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Pleasure's all mine, man. Cheers. Cheers. I hope you guys enjoyed my chat with Fractal Encrypt. It was totally cool. Um, details, his contact details will be in the show notes. And of course, if you want to contact me on Telegram or Twitter, I am at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time.